others and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Romans 3.23, many of y'all, it's the first scripture you uh, memorized as a child. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And in case you thought you were the exception, 1 John 1.8, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. We deceive ourselves. We've got to stop judging other people just because they sin differently than us. Any perfect moms out there? Come on, I know you're there, right? Right? Perfect mom. I knew moms who refused to say, I'm sorry, I messed up to their children. What are you teaching your children if you don't model what forgiveness looks like? And this is on your listening guide. Marriage, it's made up of two sinners. It's made up of two sinners. So to be successful, it needs to be made up of two forgivers. Two forgivers. Because here's the thing. 1 Peter 4.12 says this. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. Don't let conflict surprise you. Conflict awaits all women who choose to be a woman of influence for Jesus. It's just part of life. Forgiveness is easier from the heart of compassion, gentleness, kindness, patience. Maybe that's why these characteristics came before forgiveness. And it says, whatever grievances. It doesn't say whatever grievances except for. It says whatever grievances. There are no exceptions. And here's why, continuing with this verse, forgive as the Lord forgave you. We've been forgiven. We are to forgive. God forgives us of everything. He doesn't have an except for with us. We're not to have an except for with other people. Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. This is on your listening guide. There should be no limits to our forgiveness. Limits to our forgiveness because there are no limits to God's forgiveness. No limits to God's forgiveness. A Christian saved by grace should never hold grudges because it'll lead to bitterness and to sin. If God held grudges against us, we would never be saved. Because of Christ's redemptive work in us, not obligation, not coercion, but with gratitude, we are to follow his commands. Put them on and model them to the best of our abilities. In verse 14, it says, And over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. Romans 15 verses 5 through 7 say, may, say, may God who gives this patience and encouragement help you live in complete harmony with each other as is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. Then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given glory. If we'll turn our focus to whatever this is going on to give God the glory, it changes things. It changes things. And Ephesians 4, 11 through 16 in the message, but that doesn't mean you should all look and speak and act the same. Out of the generosity of Christ, each of us is given his own gift. This is not a call to unity of personality, a unity of personality. It's a unity of glorifying God glorifying God. We're not called to look like each other. We're called to look like him. We're called to look like him. Overall, that means it was a priority. Love is the overcoat 
of what we're supposed to wear. John 13, uh, 34 through 35 says this, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men, all women, will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. If you're a Christ follower, you are called to love others, even the unlovable. He's not impressed when we love the easy. It is easy to love Kay. Anybody found that a challenge? Anybody? It's pretty hard to love Kay. No, it's so easy to love Kay. But there are women that can make it challenging. And I know some of y'all are kind of challenged to love me because you've met up with not compassionate Tracy. (laughs) But we're called to love everyone, everyone. And this is on your listening guide. Love is a choice. It's a choice. It's a matter of obedience, not emotion, not emotion. Love is a choice. It's a matter of obedience, not emotion. Binds them together. Unselfish love binds us to God and to one another in that perfect unity. Unity is so important because disunity, it's another weapon of Satan against us. Where do you have disunity in your life? What do you need to go and work on? My husband and I had just PCS to Golden, Colorado, and we attended a little chapel there. There wasn't, we weren't, um, he was in the military, but anyway, we weren't on a military installation. So we went to a little chapel there, and you could immediately sense the tension in the church. And um, as, you know, a little couple weeks went by, and we found out that there was a huge, like, boom going on in that church. And as I listened more and more, I realized it was over a lasagna pan, I was like a lasagna pan. And finally I was bold and I said, do y'all realize y'all are fighting over a lasagna pan? And the response was, yes, but. Yes, but. So if you're responding to yes, but. mm -mm, mm -mm. And many times when I'm in conflict, if I'll just take a step back, I'll look and I go, that's pretty stupid. especially with my family, my children, my husband. That's pretty stupid. So sometimes we just need to take a step back. Now, sometimes our conflicts are pretty um, important. They have high value. They're hard. But God has a plan on how to deal with those conflicts. He has a perfect plan on how to deal with conflict so you can achieve unity again, to achieve unity again. Unity comes easier when there is love, that overcoat of love. Marshall, my husband, and I strive for it. We fight for unity because of love. We need to strive for, fight for unity because of the love of God. When my daughters, when we were raising our daughters up and they would be in conflict, whether it was with one another or somebody outside the home, I would ask them, the way you handled it, did Jesus smile or Satan smile? And it's such a simple thing because, you know, they were young. I was trying to get them to get that. Do you know how many times I've stood someplace going, is Jesus smiling right now or is Satan smiling? It's that simple. Because we will have conflict, but there are ways to handle that conflict with gentleness, with kindness, with patience, with compassion, with love. Conflict will happen. Will happen. I'm going to read to you real quickly Psalm 133. It's a short one. I'm going to read the whole thing. How good and pleasant it is when brothers or sisters live together in unity. 
It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down upon the collar of his robes. It is as if the dew of Hermon was, were falling on the Mount Zion. So, you know, for us, it's kind of like they were pouring oil on their head and it's running down his beard. That kind of feels sticky and yucky. But in today's language, it's like if Tiffany diamonds were dropping on your head and going through your beard. It's lovely. It's beautiful. (laughs) For there in the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Unity brings blessings. Unity brings blessings. God demonstrated these attributes us. God has been compassionate. He has been kind. He has been humble. He is patient with us. So I want you to talk about at your tables, what do you need to take off? Because actually the scriptures before this talk about some of the things we need to take off so that you can put on these things. And when I was working on this, I really, really wanted to wear something that needed to be taken off. And so I had my husband um, go to Goodwill with me, but I didn't tell him kind of why. And so here's what I bought to put on. Um, I I apologize if this is what you donated to Goodwill. But um, anyway, so this was the shirt I was going to wear. And then um, these shorts. See, aren't they beautiful? Beautiful. These were the shorts I was going to put on. And then these were my favorite. These shoes, aren't they awesome? I just thought that could be a little um, not attractive. And so, but I wanted to figure out how to take these things off and then put on a cute outfit, but I could not get past. It was going to come kind of across like I was a stripper. And so I was like, it just would not work in my head. But so I want you to understand, what do you need to, because this is where we confuse people and we're not perfect and I'm going to get to this. But when we're out there saying, oh, I love Jesus, Jesus loves me, but I hate you. I hate you. It's kind of like if you were wearing something sort of, cute that made sense but not really we're confusing people so I want you to take some time at your table what do you need to take off so that you can put on humility gentleness kindness patience and love Mm -hmm.